0: This is Stacey Hillier, and you are listening to The Prophetic Collective Podcast. Well, we are in the midst of our new series, Revival Reflections. In fact, we're eight episodes in, and I'm loving hearing from you what you're getting out of these episodes. So as I've shared already, we have something really significant happening at our home church today, Numa Church. And again, just want to say we don't have the market share on revival. The Lord is moving all across the earth. But I can only really speak from my experience, which is why we're referring to our church. I'm going to share some of our stories today. So we do want to give God maximum glory and talk about what he's been doing, what he's been teaching us, who, what he is saying and who we are becoming. So today, I have not one, but two guests with me, and neither of them look like a set of steak knives, but they are an absolute bonus. I've got our youth and young adults pastor, but also a revivalist, Pastor Thomas McDonald. Woohoo! <laughs> Welcome, good Tom. Good to be here. Thanks. Yeah. So good to have you back. And also my friend and prophetic prayer warrior, our global prayer pastor, Sozoa, extraordinary Pastor Erin Planner, welcome to the podcast. So good to be here. I'm looking forward to it. And we're talking about a topic that we love. And Mm -hmm. when it came to sharing testimonies, I couldn't think of anybody better than you guys because I've seen you share these in our church and you get it. You get all the things. So it has to be you guys today. (laughs) but we've found in this season that testimony helps us to really carry a sense of joy and celebration because i think in a season like revival when we're all being refined and we're all being you know have the surgeon's knife to our hearts pretty mm. much 24/7 and there's a lot of repentance and the lord's helping us leading us towards holiness it can get a bit intense and so I think one of the beautiful gifts of the Lord, because joy is a fruit of the spirit, is he's given us this gift of testimony. And Revelation 12, 11 says, they conquered him, that's the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And so today we're going to bring the word of people's testimonies, and we're so excited about it. So I want to start by asking each of you to share a healing testimony and then I'm going to ask you to share. What do you think was the character trait of God that He was showing His people through that healing? We'll start with you, Tom.
1: Yeah, a recent one actually. I remember it would have been a couple of weeks ago. Uh, one of a young girl it was the first time at Yuma was brought over to uh, Kelsey, my wife, uh, in the middle of worship by one of our youth. And when, um, she had pain in her neck, and our youth girl was like, oh, "I've seen healing before, so I'm going to bring her over to my pastors and get prayer." And it was really cool because we prayed for her and she instantly had no pain in her neck, but it wasn't even that part. It was, her face was just a light. And she was like, Whoa, what was that? And Kels was just leading her was like asking her questions around, Oh, like, have you, what were you feeling? That sort of thing. And she's like, Oh, I just felt like electricity. Like I've never felt that before. And It's like, that that was Holy Spirit. Have you ever felt Holy Spirit before? And she was like, no, I've grown up in church and never felt Holy Spirit before. And it was just this really cool moment to see just, her actually tangibly feel God for the first time. And then from that moment, we actually felt I was on the next MC segment and I felt that that was actually just a precursor of what God wanted to do in the room. And so I said, I got up and I was like, I feel God wants to heal necks and backs. And we saw multiple people healed in that moment. And so it was just God was one in the individual moment being so kind to her to reveal himself to her in such a personal way but then also using her as a catalyst for a corporate healing environment as well, which was really cool.
0: I love that because often the way he's moving in a room is something he wants to do corporately or even sometimes there's spiritual and natural parallels. Like I remember recently we had a young woman being healed of scoliosis and the Lord said to me, yeah, I'm actually straightening the back of the church right now as well. Mm. And I was like, oh, we need to learn to get better at picking up on those moments so that as people who are stewarding meetings and leading God's people, we can be like, you know, the Lord wants to align His church, the spine of His church right now and really pick up on that stuff and pray into it. It's beautiful.
2: Erin, what about you? Um, I think one that comes to mind is actually from last year, we had a lot of people that were getting healed from food intolerances and allergies. Like I think over the span of maybe like eight weeks, there was six or seven people who who received healing uh, from lactose intolerance. So they were like loving and digging into all the chocolate and the ice cream and all the things they'd never eaten that. before. Hallelujah. And one uh, girl in kids' church, she, I think she was about seven, maybe six at the time. And she was like, yeah, I want to be able to eat all the things and went up, asked for prayer someone prayed with her. She went home that night and was like, give me the ice cream. (laughs) She ate the ice cream. And sure enough, the Lord had healed her. There was three siblings in that family. So the second sibling was like, well, if God's doing it for her, I want it for me. So they laid hands on each other. That sibling got healed. The third sibling's like, I don't want to miss out. And so they went for prayer in the next few weeks, just praying in different moments, both in kids' church and at home. And sure enough, the Lord healed the third sibling wow. but the really cool thing about that was that their cousin who is a family of like believers but don't really believe in the supernatural came over to their house and was like why are you guys now eating all of this food and they testified they're like this I think they were like six eight and maybe 10, 11 and they were testifying about what God had done and this cousin was like Can you pray for me? Like I want. They Mm. had also like some um, food intolerances and allergies. So anyway, prayed for the cousin. Bang, the cousin gets (laughs) healed. The parents are like, what happened at your house? So then my friends who were the parents were able to actually like just share what God had been doing to this cousin's parents. And I just think it is such a beautiful picture of just the Lord, He is moving in all the generations, in all the ages. And it's, it, you know, healing is the children's bread. It's not yeah. hard. It's not difficult. It's who Jesus is. Um, and when we're hungry, just as they came with such childlike faith of like, well, I've done it for my sibling. Why would Jesus not do it for me? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes as adults, we have a lot to learn from that of like, if Jesus has done it for someone, why would we, why would He not do it for me? So I'm constantly encouraged by that testimony. <laughs>
0: That's so good and let's hope they now get a family group discount to Weight Watchers (laughs) because they're eating all the chocolate and all the ice cream. (laughs) Maybe that's why the Lord hasn't healed me of that because he's like, you ain't got the self-control yet. (laughs) So i love it if we could move to testimonies about a breakthrough because God's just not been healing bodies. He's in all the areas. Erin, have you got one about maybe breakthrough in someone's life?
2: I mean, there's so many different aspects to breakthrough. We've seen financial breakthrough. We've Mm -hmm. seen breakthrough in families. We've seen breakthrough for people who have been waiting to conceive children, that have conceived children we've seen provisional breakthroughs. There's been so much, I think probably because of also who I am, I see a lot of emotional breakthrough. Um, So people who have been working through, I think with the Lord and in counselling and with the people who are discipling them, healing from past trauma. But there's been this beautiful thing that that God's been doing in terms of like just even honouring some of those things. And bringing complete breakthrough in some of those spaces so as they've kind of been working through some of those areas and having their mind renewed there has been really big breakthrough in areas of trauma in people's lives and identity really being founded in Christ so I've seen people who have maybe even when you've been talking to them had obviously traumatic things happened in their past but been chained and linked to that in some way, just in in their own identity, and seeing them have radical encounters with God, fall under the power of God, and God has just done a work in the mystery of who he is, and they get up and they're just totally different. They speak differently. Their countenance on their face is different. So real breakthrough, I think, in the emotional realm has been really evident.
0: Yeah, so Erin, when we talk about those kind of testimonies of people being changed to things from the past and then receiving emotional healing, what do you think it is that God's showing us about his nature and his heart and his character when he moves that way?
2: Yeah, I think the whole idea of like we are new creations in Christ, Mm -hmm. that he does a restorative work in his people It is a complete restoration. So even in my own journey, in my own life, he's not restoring me to what I was before. He's restoring me back to my true identity, back to my Eden-like state. So I think just his faithfulness in his promises of that we are totally new creation
0: in Christ in every way. Yes, and then that's available to others as we testify. Thomas, have you got a testimony about breakthrough?
1: Yeah, I I was just thinking a lot of the testimonies around breakthrough that we've been seeing, especially in the youth ministry and and into our young adults as well, is really around relational breakthrough and reconciliation Mm -hmm. in relationships. I I can think of a few families where um, they've, you know, come to us and been like, oh, we've been praying for our young child. You know, they've been a teenager and, and they've walked away from the Lord and they're going into this and that and all the other things. And then they've come back a month or two later, and they've been able to share the testimony when they've led their son or their daughter to the Lord. And and we're seeing them come into youth ministry, come into church. And a specific one was just a week or two after just our recent conference. And the dad came up to Kelsey and I, and he just knelt on his knees and was weeping as he was telling us about how just in the last 24 hours, he had the privilege of leading his 15-year-old son to the Lord, wow. who he'd been praying for for the last five years, and Now they do daily devotions together. They pray together and he started coming back into the house and and back into church as well. And that's just one of many, many, many relational just breakthroughs where especially parents or even we have some examples of teenagers that haven't had a relationship with their parents and Mm. through prayer and and reconnecting and going through what Aaron was talking about, some emotional breakthrough that actually had relational breakthrough as well which has been a joy to watch.
0: Oh, it's wonderful. And when <laughs> the Lord moves that way and He's restoring relationships, even, you know, those breakthrough moments when people have been waiting for years and years, Thomas, what do you think the Lord is saying to us when He shows Himself that way and restores relationship?
1: Yeah, I think especially in this season of revival, we can um, get very caught up in what God's doing in our relationship with Him. And it's, it's us and Jesus, me and Jesus, and, and that's um, our focus point. But it's especially around these testimonies of the relational breakthrough, is reminding us that I actually want to restore families and I want to restore my people to each other. And through doing that, it's restoring us to him first is what enables us to be restored to each other and that we're meant to do this in community. We're meant to do this in family and, and that that's a priority to him um, and it should be a priority for us as well. And yeah, there's so much joy and just so many other areas of healing that come from a relational breakthrough. Um, yes. And so it's holistic. He's not just interested in, you know, our spiritual health, or our relationships is a very spiritual side of our lives, but he's so, so interested in how we relate to each other, because after all, we're the family of God. And if we're not restored to each other, then we're not actually holistically restored to him either. Yes. Um, so, yeah.
0: I think that's beautiful. I also think that If we come up higher for a minute and look overall at what's going on in our world and some of the battles that are on in the spiritual realm over the family unit Mm. and over godly and biblical relationships that this is one of the ways that God takes revival and makes it a reformation because we don't want it to stay within the four walls of the church. So he actually brings repair and restoration within the walls of the house so that we become gospel proclamations outside of the house so that strong families and strong marriages and restored relationships become a testimony and a witness to the goodness of God to a world that doesn't, you know, we have kids at our house all the time sit at our meal table mm-hmm. who have never sat at a meal table with their parents. And they're like, you do this every night? So when God's restoring a family unit, he has a plan for a people group. And so I, I see the bigger thing he's even doing in that, that he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to reform your whole city through what I'm restoring within the walls of the church. I could just run. I just want to run. Run, <laughs> run, run, run. Maybe I can have some ice cream. We are going to come back now to Testimonies of Provision. Thomas, have you witnessed, heard any stories of provision?
1: Yeah, when I was uh, just processing a few of the um, stories I have heard, the Lord actually highlighted one of my own stories this year. And so for those that don't know, I've been training for a triathlon, an Ironman triathlon. And beginning of this year, I was like, I want to do this, but I don't want to spend so much time on it um, if it's not you, God, that is in this. And I had peace about that, but I had processing with some of my spiritual fathers and mothers, and Um, still some questions and uh, there was two instances of spiritual vision really God showed his heart in Um, and one was the day that I was like I had to make some decisions it was like I had to register for the race had to pay my coach all these sorts of things and um, one of the congregation members came up to me in worship and just said that they wanted to give me their old triathlon bike I had no plan of buying a triathlon bike it was way out of my budget and it was just the heart of God in that moment that I just felt that it wasn't salvation. It wasn't healing. It wasn't any of these things, but he cared so much about my desires and, and the joy that I felt that he had joy in. And that was, so that was one moment. And then about a month later we were looking at kind of booking accommodation for the race week and all of that. And obviously everyone's going to this one location. So it's very expensive to get a place and was chatting to my father-in-law, who's not a Christian. And he just said, you know what? Hold off on booking anything. Give me 24 hours and I'll let you know. Came back 24 hours later and said, I've got a five-bedroom house. Um, The whole family can come down. It's completely free of charge. And he just, yeah. And so but between these two things, like it's – that's just two examples. But around that as well, when these provisional breakthroughs came through, I also got injured. So in my training, I got injured as soon as these provisional breakthroughs came through. Mm. So then it was like, okay, I've really got to actually – be interceding for this because it was quite disheartening because I just had this incredible breakthrough but then an opposite thing started to happen where it was making me question the breakthrough so even in that it was not just oh god you're so kind in in supporting what is ultimately just something that I'm taking joy in but you're also strengthening my spiritual walk with you because I'm having to intercede and I saw healing for both of those injuries quicker than they should have and those sorts of things so yeah
0: I love that and I love that we have a father who isn't a Grinch and he isn't mean. He enjoys it when we feel joy. Like there are times in this season when, you know, even we've been in worship and laughter breaks out and I see him laughing and when I say, why are you laughing? Like I've seen him on the throne stomping his feet, head back belly laughing and I'm like, why? Why are you laughing? He's like, because I love watching my kids feel joy. It brings me joy. And I think about when my, this is a very carnal example and every metaphor breaks down somewhere, but when I've planned the gifts that my kids are going to get for Christmas and Christmas is a big deal in our house. And when I nail it, like when, I, when they open it and they haven't already pulled the sticky tape off, which is rare for especially two of my children, and you could both guess which ones, <laughs> when it is a surprise and they're like, oh my gosh, the joy, it brings my mother heart. I don't need to receive any gifts. Like that's the greatest gift is to watch them just feeling that joy. So I just think every time we testify about this stuff and for you to receive those things, Thomas, is, it brings him joy To see you feel joy. And we don't think of God enough that way, do we?
1: No, yeah. He's a good father.
0: Oh, such a good father. I could break into the song, but I won't because I've sung it too many times for one lifetime. Erin, have you got a testimony of provision? Yeah,
2: I just say, I love, I just love Thomas's testimony as well, because I think sometimes we think about how God cares about like, you know, the big spiritual components of our life, like however we define Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, what church we go to and like, you know, all the things, right? But he cares about like the, the delights of our heart just Mm -hmm. as much. And they're just as spiritual to him as anything else. So Mm -hmm. anyway, I love that. We saw lots of breakthrough in people's businesses in the area of provision. So I remember just, Maybe like four weeks after outpouring on the 28th of August, we had a lady who I'd been praying with her about whether she was to close down her business, she had a graphic design business, she was like independent in that and just things had not gone the way she had kind of thought they would and she was questioning like, Lord, am I meant to keep doing this? Am I meant to go back into working for a company? And I think within four weeks, she literally got home that night, like the next morning, woke up, looked at her emails and there was orders starting to like come through that she'd been like, what is happening? So within like four weeks, she was like, I've got months of work. Like, I don't even know where this has come from. I haven't advertised. There's been nothing. And she, she was just overwhelmed by the goodness of God in just... I think affirming to her like, yes, I've led you down this path and I I can provide like without marketing, without, you know, advertising, if this is me and if I'm in it, like I'm going to provide for you even in this business that I've led you to. This is your ministry area. So that was super cool to see. Yes. I've seen a lot of provision for our Numa School of the Spirit students that has been epic, the way the Lord has done that. Um, he has provided finances in the most unusual ways. And I love that God is like so left field with things. I mean, when they were expecting the Messiah to come, they weren't expecting like Jesus to come as a baby in a manger. And I think sometimes even for provision, we're imagining him to come in a certain way. So we had friends that they've got a family of four kids and mum does not work dad was the full-time earner for that family and they really felt called to ministry as a family they called to felt called to give this year to the lord so my friend coming out of full-time work that was a massive deal for their family four little kids and yet really felt the lord on it and they were a couple of months in and that's when like the super high spiritual moments hit the like reality of the situation and the bank accounts going down and you're like okay, Lord, like I'm responsible for family and children and my wife. And anyway, we saw him, the Lord randomly deposited money into his bank account. They have a small dog that got pregnant that they were breeding from. So they were selling puppies, which were not cheap to buy. So the Lord was providing through their dog. I also saw them um, get like random rebates off oh, like tax things that they weren't expecting to happen that just happened to like where is this money coming like thousands I'm talking like thousands of dollars I saw another student who month by month had been trying to work couldn't get work there's a whole bunch of things happening in that space and then for I think we're up to month five has seen just people that they don't know donate to cover their rent for the entire month for like five months wow. in a row So
0: all sorts of things, like it's epic. (laughs) And what do you think that the Father is showing us in that provision? I think a lot of the time, especially as followers
2: of Jesus in the Western world or a city like Melbourne where wisdom is often seen as, you know, being financially self-sufficient and providing Mm -hmm. for ourselves in a very practical way, I think that we have an invitation to lean on the one who is truly the provider in our lives. Everything is from Him and everything is to Him. Mm. So sometimes I think with our finances, I know for me it was definitely a journey of really understanding that everything that I had wasn't because I necessarily worked hard or did good but literally because of God's grace in my life. Mm. And I think when they take radical steps of faith like some of our students have in this area of provision, He's just reinforcing that it truly is all from him and to him. And he is mm. such a good father. He's faithful mm. when he asks us to take steps of faith that we can trust him, mm. even in something like finance for, you know, family of six people.
0: Mm.
2: He's so faithful.
0: Yes, he is. And the reason that we're asking this question a lot is what is God showing us about himself through this testimony is we really don't want to develop a culture where we're chasing signs and wonders and that point to the sign or the wonder themselves. We want to point back and give glory to the God of the sign and the wonder and see what is it he wants us to know about him in this breakthrough so that we're being drawn closer into intimacy with him, not people who are chasing after just a trick or something good that he does. That's not the culture we want to create. And I learned that from a friend um, who said, you know, this is really the way we've stewarded this culture in our house for nearly 20 years now is to, 20, 30 years, is to really make sure that the focus goes onto the God of the miracle um, and we celebrate the miracle but all glory goes to God and not to the miracle. And I think that's just a real safeguard for this kind of culture. So I love that. Um, Because he's the prize, right? He's the prize, not the miracle. That's right. And if if we are in relationship with the miracle and not the God of the miracle, then when we don't get the breakthrough or there's a season of waiting, our faith is really shaken. I've actually got an amazing testimony of uh, relational restoration through provision. So it's the flip side. Wow. Where there'd been, you know, just I actually know a few, but I'm going to speak of one that I know I've got permission to speak of where there was tension in a relationship and then the lord spoke to one of the parties and said you're to give this person a very large amount of money i'm talking tens of thousands of dollars and um they had just sold a property so they had that money and they really wrestled with it because they had tried to seek reconciliation in the past and had been so they were on this journey with my husband and i and we were like look we can see this person's being transformed In God's presence, we really feel like if the Lord's put this on your heart, you don't want to buy the relationship. But if you're in obedience to the Lord and you can treat these things as you being obedient but also reconciling may not bring restoration to the relationship, then you go right on ahead. So this person gave tens of thousands of dollars. There was relational restoration. There was a humility from the other party that actually came before they presented the financial gift. Wow. So there was restoration in the relationship. The Lord provided, nobody could have known how much those people needed that money. But then I've watched this person who gave this money have double given back to them through their business. So I just love the way the Lord will use even a tool like money under obedience to his voice to bring relational restoration and then provision back into our lives. All right, let's talk, let's get personal. I'm going Dr. Phil on you. Thomas, share a testimony of something the Lord's really done in your life, perhaps even like transformation.
1: Yeah, (laughs) where do you start Mm -hmm. when you use a word like transformation, Mm -hmm. honestly? Yeah, it's a a big question and I think, uh, yeah, I think a a word that I would use that he's done in me is is really a humbling. Um, Mm Yeah. And are humbling to the point that uh, I'm becoming, I'll use the word becoming, more and more dependent on him. And really, I think that that's one of the greatest testimonies of the last 12 months for me is, is yeah. that transformation into more and more of a son. Yes. And that comes of obviously understanding more about us and more about him and our relationship to him. But also just breaking down old paradigms, breaking down previous ways of thinking, previous ways of ministry. Um, ways of viewing other people and platforms and everything in between and he's been so kind in that process Um, he's been a a true father in that yeah and I I don't think I would I would still be standing here today full and and still ready to go uh, without that and it's that day by day it's hard to you know with a lot of these testimonies with healing and provision and whatnot you can point to a moment but the testimony of of especially the last 12 months for me it's moments and you can't. I can't point to it to one specific thing and go. That's what's done it, or that's what's been doing it. But you just look back and go, okay. Like I am. I'm a different person, and I'm so thankful that I'm a different person. Yeah. And even just, I think that that is to give some specifics. Even of that in my uh, relationship with my wife has been incredible. And you know, we're young, so it's the the learning to do life together as as a young married couple is. And you're still working out who you are, mm. <laughs> let alone who you are together. And then that's starting to, to flow into some reconciliation with with my family and nothing ever as bad has happened, but just distance as, as you move away and those sorts of things. And yeah, he's really, he's he cares for us. And that's the the testimony, I guess.
0: Mm. Well, 25 years into marriage, you're still figuring out who you are and who you <laughs> are together. So enjoy Good to that. Know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Aaron. have you got a personal testimony?
2: Uh, that's actually a really hard one, I, I think. Not because God hasn't done anything but because God has done so much. Yeah. And I think very much like what Thomas said and it's it's not cliche at all, it's very sincere but like um, we've known each other for about seven years, days, but I'm totally not the same person that I was 18 months ago. I don't even feel like I'm the same person I was three months ago. The radical way that the Lord is transforming us into his likeness, the way that he is revealing himself to us. I feel like every day there's something that I can testify about the goodness of God truly. And even in moments that are hard, that doesn't mean that, you know, things are always easy. That's not at all the case. In fact, it's sometimes things are really challenging. <laughs> but I think I've just, the, the biggest testimony I think is that as we just yield in a very uh, surrendered way that there is nothing that God can't do. Yeah, I just think the testimony, I don't know, so many things, but I I just feel more and more in love with Jesus and more hungry. The more you taste of Him, the more I want to taste of Him, the more that I... See him transform the people around me, the more I just want to be in his presence and be part of what he's doing in the small part that I can play. I've had financial provision, I've had supernatural healing, Mm. I've seen Lord do miracles not only in my life, but through what I'm through just the simple part of going about your business in your everyday life when you're at the cafe, when you're picking up a coffee, doing the things. So I think overall just the richness of what we actually have through salvation, I just find the miraculous is truly everywhere. The testimony of who he is is everywhere. Mm. And the biggest thing I think for me is just opening myself up to all of what that is, mm. all of what salvation has actually given us access to in a very minute-by-minute, day-by-day Kind of way.
0: Hmm. So beautiful. It makes perfect sense. And we each look different. Like it's a wonderful thing to, I get a a pretty unique vantage point with worship leading fairly often, and our church doesn't look the same. The people don't look the same. And people who you've been journeying issues with them for over a decade, it's, so glorious to see them get their breakthrough. And actually in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, you guys know, it's actually one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. Barely a sermon, I don't quote it. Um, And this is Paul writing and he says, we all who with unveiled faces contemplate or behold the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. And It's a beautiful thing, this scripture, because actually the Apostle Paul is basically giving here his theology, his summary of discipleship. And the reason he can have authority in saying this is because this was Apostle Paul who studied under the best rabbis who knew the law better than anybody else. And yet life wasn't transformed until he had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus himself. And then he went from Saul to Paul. So when he's writing to a a church, to a people, and he's saying there's one thing that's going to transform you more than any program, I'm not going to give you four steps. I'm just going to say behold the Lord and you'll be transformed into his image. And we've been talking about this, Aaron a bit recently within our team about we don't want to just behave like Jesus. We want to become like Jesus. And the only way to become like Jesus is through beholding Jesus. So the transformation that we're even seeing in people I get questions often like, how do you guys worship for that long? And it honestly feels like about five minutes to me because when you're caught up in the glory time, you know, but I I fully acknowledge we've been building up to that. As a church, it's not like we just landed there. We've been building up to that and the Lord's been growing us into that. But when you're spending that much time, and our our worship sets are very intentional, I hate even calling them sets, but our ministry to the Lord is very intentional these days and that has become very refined on beholding Him, then people are going to be transformed and it won't take 55 pastoral meetings or 85 programs that they need to complete. It just accelerates the work and as Apostle Paul says... This all comes from the spirit. So then our role as spiritual mothers and fathers really just becomes to come alongside people and bring them clarity and wisdom to what the Lord is already doing and who he's already making them to be. And so I even find that leadership leadership has become easier because the spirit's doing all the heavy lifting and right now God's up there like, oh, finally. <laughs> So maybe as we begin to wrap up, because we could talk about this all day, let's each share one of our favourite moments from one of the services over the past nearly year now, because we've been in a thousand million services (laughs) and there's a lot of moments. Can you think of one maybe, Thomas? Do you want a moment? Do you want thinking music?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm like (laughs) pondering all the many ones that I could talk about.
0: All right, let me go, go. I'll jump in. So
2: one of my favourite things all time when glory hits and the Lord is just amongst his people is to just stand to the side and I'm going to cry as I say it but to watch his bride worship him. And in watching his bride worship him, just the diversity of what that looks like, Um, from the oldest to the youngest, you've got children down the front that are just captivated by the face of Jesus. You've got people that have been following the Lord for 60 years, like up the back, captivated by Jesus and then watching Jesus move amongst his people Mm. and in a room where there's maybe six seven eight hundred people watch him individually encounter people as well as encounter us corporately just I could do that all the days of the rest of my life just to watch him and watch watch the way that he is so personal and yet so like he can be in a room and he can be in doing something to the individual at the same time. And none of that is a lesser thing. It's mm. it's all something. And he knows how to speak to every person so personally, so like individually. I remember this one young girl down the front was shaking. She was standing with the kids pastor and I I I didn't know if they were okay, so I just said, like, is she okay? And she would have been, like, seven. And the kid's pastor said, oh, she's just worried worried because her legs are shaking. And so I said, do you mind if I, like, talk to her? And I just said to her, okay, I, I said, let's ask. Jesus why are my legs shaking so I said Jesus why are my legs shaking she repeats after me and sure enough she opens her eyes she said oh Jesus tells me it's the Holy Spirit <laughs> and just that and then you look and you see God just moving like just moving on his people I think that's that's one of my favorite favorite things of all time.
0: Art's glorious isn't it? absolutely glorious. I think one of my favorite moments was, and it was personally significant for me, but also felt very significant corporately was, do you guys remember the ministry time where the Haka broke out? Oh, my lanter. I was seven days back from New Zealand, literally seven days later from my first trip to New Zealand, where I received, uh, I wasn't going to share this, but surprise, I'm sharing it, where I'd received a prophetic word. It was like, I just, so I Received a prophetic word in my early 20s from a man named Kong He who prophesied things for the next 20 years and I'd just seen the last one come to pass. Wow. So in New Zealand, i got this prophet praying over me and he begins to prophesy what I know is the next 20 years. And the reason I knew it was the next 20 years is because I had the same familiar feeling that I've only ever had with Kong He's word of none of that is anywhere near humanly possible. Yeah, wow. So I'm receiving this word. I'm like, none of it's humanly possible. And then he finishes the word with, "Next time you come to New Zealand, you will be welcomed by fifty of our people welcoming you as a mother to this land, and the haka will follow you as a sign that you now have a voice into this nation." And my daughter was with me, and back in the room, we're like, "Well, I can't see any of that happening, but okay." So I, this is my twelfth year in this church. I'm preaching about. Presence over performance, being unashamed in his presence seven days later. And what breaks out for the first time I've ever seen it, the haka. And I just was like, what? And my daughter's like, "Mom, look, look, look. And so even just the conversation with her on the way home of she's like, see, mum, all those things are going to happen. All those things he said are going to happen. And what that will do in her. And you just had a conversation this week with that prophet who... I'm going to New Zealand in November, and I have to land in a certain airport, so a, wow. so that tribal leaders can welcome me with the haka. I mean, what the heck? Wow. <laughs> it's wild.
2: That moment was so crazy, Stace. Like it was just happening yeah. at the front of the altar. There was just whole, like it was so random, but it was so holy. Yeah. Like you know when things break out, and it's like that is random. Yes. <laughs> But the holiness of God, there was no doubt that it was him and we knew no context to what was happening. Like I had no idea that this prophetic word had been given and yet I felt like, ooh, like stand back. This is the holiness of God happening right now
0: in the middle of the haka. I know. And actually that was breaking something religious in me. Wow. Because I had been taught and I don't mean any offence to anyone from that culture because I do feel called to that people group and I feel called to have a voice. I want to be very careful. But I had been raised in a traditional church background that told me that that was of a dark spiritual kingdom, that practice. And I grew up in a state where rugby union and rugby league was our meals, basically. And so I saw the haka all the time. And that's what I was told. Mm -hmm. And so for it to be a significant sign for me for the next two decades of my ministry, I feel like one of the things the Lord has done in us is we're now more easily able to recognise the source of manifestations. So where a year ago things would have happened, they would have got shut down by 25 pastors in less than a second. (laughs) Now you barely notice. You're like, yep, that person's levitating, that person's spinning, that person's doing the haka. We're in the throne room. Let's go. (laughs) So good. Okay, Thomas, tell us one of yours.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking back to camp at the beginning of this year in January and one of the night sessions uh, I went up to preach and didn't start preaching for another hour after that and didn't even touch the microphone really at all. And we just created a space um, and and really just a a lot of space for young people just to do whatever Holy Spirit was asking them to do and to express worship however they were feeling led. And, And it turned into holy pandemonium. Um, <laughs> where no one, no one was leading, no one was directing, no one was was telling them what they should be doing. There was no expectations on them. It wasn't like there was this rehearsed. Okay, we're gonna do you know these songs, and everyone's gonna be in a mosh pit. And it's like no, no, the altar was empty, and it took a few young people to just get up and start dancing at the altar um, wow. when there was no music. And then for the worship team to actually be following the young people rather than the young people following the worship team yes, the worship team were putting on. music mm-hmm. to the to the young people's expression of worship rather than them leading them to something and it was it was glorious and it was just this reminder of okay we actually god just needs us to yield yes. and he will do what he wants to do he doesn't yeah. need us to to formulate something to do anything often and for the young people in the room all they needed was a space and and almost for us as their pastors and leaders to give them permission of, hey, whatever Holy Spirit is telling you to do, Mm. just do it. Mm. And it was uh, the joy in that room, the freedom in that room. Yeah, there's nothing like it.
0: Oh, that's so good. And I love that it's breaking out in kids. It's breaking out in youth and young adults and in our church services and out on the streets. And it's so good. You know, the word says that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And in other episodes, we're talking about repentance. We're talking about how the Lord's making his people holy, but it's so crazy how things that even used to feel like a duty are now a joy. Everything has joy stamped on it in this season. And when we share these testimonies, if you're sick in your body in an area we've talked about or you need breakthrough in an area we've talked about, you're hearing it's possible. So you just grab a hold of that and say, I receive that in Jesus' name and In Luke 17, Jesus actually shares a story about 10 lepers and he heals all 10, but only one comes back to give him thanks. And it tells me that it's very important to the Lord, not because he's narcissistic, but because he wants to give good gifts to those who are grateful and thankful and who recognize his word, that he loves it when we don't grow overly familiar And in Mark 6, we've actually got this beautiful account of Jesus in his hometown where people are so familiar with him that he actually can't do all the things he wants to do. In other words, they won't have testimony because they were too familiar. And so something we're being careful to guard and testimony is helping us to do that is not becoming overly familiar with what God is doing, whether he heals an ingrown toenail, praise the Lord, do it, Jesus, or whether he heals somebody and pulls them out of a wheelchair, we'll take it all and we'll be a church that brings thanks. And then he's like, well, great. You can have more. You can have more. So if you're having God move in your life, because he's moving everywhere, not just in our church, I want to hear it. So find me somehow. You'll find me somehow. And let me know about it. Why don't you kick it old school and open the mic at church and just start to build a culture of testimony or in your life group or in your workplace. Just start telling people what Jesus is doing in your life. So to finish, Thomas, can you please pray for all of our listeners?
1: Sure. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Father, for the joy of coming around and, and just talking about you talking about your wondrous works and who you are and, and the goodness of how good of a father you are to us. And the privilege it is to see your hand at work, but father, the privilege privilege it is to seek your face from that Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you father for, for working powerfully and wondrously amongst us that you would, you would dwell amongst your people, Lord. It's a joy to be in your Mm -hmm. presence and it's a joy to see you just be who you are Mm -hmm. and that, Who you are is what actually brings breakthrough, healing, provision. Father, it's not what you do, but it's simply who you are. Father, I pray that anyone that has heard these testimonies today that can relate to them, that is going through similar experiences, I pray, Father, you would stir faith inside of them, that the God who did it for them would do it again. Mm -hmm. I thank you, Father, you are the same God, that you don't change that the reason we share testimonies is to highlight your faithfulness, to highlight your character so others can experience that same character, that same faithfulness. So what I pray right now that even those people that, might have doubts of, of what we've even been talking about because they've never seen it before. Mm. Or would you do it in their life? Would you do it in their families? Would you do it in their children, Father? Would you come so powerfully into their lives, Lord, that it would be undeniable mm. that they would experience everything that we have the joy of uh, talking about today and continuously talking about, Lord? And would your joy just return to your church and break out mm. over the coming days, years, Lord, that as testimony is sent forth, Lord, joy would accompany it, praise would accompany it, Father, and that that would be the thing that continues to break chains, continues to bring breakthrough and healing, Father, that your joy would at sometimes be offensive, Father, but would lead us to who Mm. that joy actually comes from, and that's Mm. you. So thank you, Father, for everything you've done and who you are in our lives. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Aaron and Thomas. Thomas, son, I'm so proud of you and inspired by you. Aaron. so grateful for your friendship and for who you are. And I was thinking about it the other day when I was praying just about who to have on this podcast and you two are actually there in some very significant moments and encounters in my life and I was there for significant moments for you guys. And no matter what the Lord does in each of our lives in the future, we'll forever have that we will forever have that we got marked for revival together it's pretty special isn't Mm. it very love you guys and now listeners you know all the things to do so just do them because it's helpful so please do them and um i'd love to hear from you and cannot wait to talk to you next week about the mess of revival oh it's gonna be a goodie talk to you soon